two, one. We're back for another episode of the Bonfire Sessions. We are joined by our guest, this rip-roaring fire that keeps spitting smoke in my eyeballs. That's okay. I mean, everybody knows that you're pretty, so you can't be too surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm so pretty. Oh my gosh. I'm pretty. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, so here we are. I'm, I gotta be honest, man. I'm pretty wiped out today. I'm not surprised. Yeah. I have a story to tell you, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh, that's right. Yes. Let's, um, let's make sure we get through our sponsor first. You, <laughs> double dipping bastard. You got Jameson again. You couldn't help yourself, could you? Well, there's not <clears throat> a huge selection at the store that I go to. Yeah. Off to track. I'll have to go to Save Mart next time. Well, this is an old standby again. And if it, you know, if it's working, stick with it. And Jameson works. I'm it, not sure if it is, actually. Really? Uh-oh. It, uh, like half the time, I wake up feeling not so... Oh, not so hot? Not so fresh. Oh, okay. I, well, it seems to be better, um, like when we don't mix it with Coke. But, uh-oh. Like, do you... Sparkling water. Yeah, maybe it's the sugar though. Maybe it's a combination right? of the al- alcohol and the sugar. Yeah. yeah, I'm 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 really trying to get over. Sh- I mean, I don't. I'm not a sugar person. I but sugar's hidden in everything. So you, I'm not a sweets person, but I bet I end up getting too much sugar still. I bet you have to be so so diligent to avoid yeah. sugar. It's really bad. I, I looked at. I was going to get a protein shake today, and I didn't want to make it. Which I'm going to start making it from Wild Foods. Heritage Happy Hour sponsor. Um, I'm going to get the protein powder because it doesn't have sugar. And they have a shirt that says fuck sugar. So I was like, yeah, right, this, these are my people. Um, and I, I just, I, I knew I was not going to get an odd walla. But I was like, I wonder how much sugar's in here. And I looked, 44 grams in one of those little bottles of sugar. Yeah. That's more sugar than you're supposed to have in a day. And this fucking company kind of markets themselves as like a healthy company. <laughs> And you think protein shake, oh, I just worked out, or I'm going to work out. And you, you know, after workout, you have a protein shake. And we're going to pump 44 grams of sugar in your ass? Like, no, come on, man. That's that's not cool. You don't have to do that. But. So, like, how much, how much sugar is there in, like, say, one apple? Well, the thing with an apple is when you eat the sugar with the fiber, it metabolizes differently. So I don't know how much, but it, it I don't want to say it doesn't matter. You shouldn't eat like a bag of apples in a day. But well, if, you, if you eat an apple, you're just metabolizing it differently than if you're just getting broken down yeah. products that then you have sugar or added sugar, which then they'll say, oh, we don't add sugar, but you're breaking down the product and juicing things to, to such a, you're not getting the fiber anymore. Is there any fiber in pulp? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Like enough to make it better? Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not yeah. sure. I think there is fiber in there, but I'm not, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe there isn't, but I would think any, any of the pith, any of the pithiness would have the fiber in it, but yeah, so maybe it's the sugar that messes you up too. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I mean, that would be the difference. Like I'm pretty sure it's not the Food coloring or anything like that. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe. I, don't know, I have no but, idea. Right? What do I know? Yeah, what do I know? Um, I'm only a doctor. So how much sugar are you supposed to have? I think men are supposed to have 25 or less and women 30 or 35 or less or something like that. 
Or maybe it's opposite in that. Maybe men can have 35 and women can have 25. Usually that's the way it goes. So. Men get to have more. We get to have more. We get to indulge ourselves. <laughs> um, that's all, That's not much. That's really not much. So you think 44 in one little protein shake? We're probably all walking around eating 100 grams of sugar a day. Easy. Yeah. I think I remember reading something where <laughs> if it's coming from natural sources like fruit, it really doesn't matter how much how much you have. I mean, like you're going to, I would think you would get full, you know, before you reach that threshold. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think you're in danger of ever going over. I think. I think there's some truth to that. I, I think maybe if it's processed, though, then it changes because it's the way we metabolize it. I think that is the big difference. But yeah, I'm pretty I sure don't know. you're right. Maybe maybe we're not supposed to have fruit. Maybe we're supposed to be carnivore. <laughs> That's a thing going on right now. A lot of people are doing it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not. Like, everything just seems to point towards being a vegetarian. Yeah, you think so? A vegetarian, or, I mean, like, I think it was the Mediterranean diet mm. that has been shown. To be the healthiest? And Yeah, and the most sustainable. Mm. Like, the the keto oh, okay. diet. Like, that's good for <clears throat> losing weight. Yeah. But it's, not, it's not necessarily healthier or sustainable it, it doesn't seem sustainable yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know i don't know can you eat meat for 40 years straight and nothing else i don't know i wouldn't think so it probably depends on your uh race where you come from you think you think any yeah that might because have i mean maybe. eskimos oh, sure. they uh okay they thrive on the uh what seal meat whatever just oh, really? all the fat and Animal products. It's probably all fish and seal. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard that, you know, if I were to try to survive on that. Just jump into that. I wouldn't do so well. Kind of fuck you up. Yeah, I wonder no, if our, our bodies no. are really adaptable and genetics, of course, probably plays into it. Yeah. Like, your people I'm have sure been does a little bit. doing this forever and you're used to it from the get-go. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a nutritionist, so I don't want to say too much, but... Yeah, so all that I mean, all that to say, kind of skeptical of the all meat diet. I, I'm I'm skeptical. I'm pretty much skeptical of everything. Or skeptical about everything or of everything. Well, anything as radical as that in any. Yeah, anything. I'm skeptical of vegan veganism. Right. I'm you know I think maybe some people can thrive on veganism. I don't think that's for everyone. <laughs> Not sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I yeah. I'm so, willing to entertain that idea. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta figure out what's best for you and do whatever that. makes you feel best. Yeah. yeah, your body's gonna tell you something. Yeah. It's gonna tell you when it's fucked up. It's probably gonna tell you when it's feeling good. So, uh, I like to think that the body is pretty smart. The body is smart. Different kind of knowledge, right? <clears throat> Cheers to that. So, um, Jameson, and that's what we're doing. And today. Well, I wanted to talk about, we haven't, I haven't heard your story on the podcast of your crash and our friendship being genesis 
the genesis sure. of our friendship. I don't think yeah. we've talked about that in depth. I know, I know it is in our bonfire sessions booklets that, uh, is in the summer session, which is going to come out in the summer, naturally, of this year. We talk about mm-hmm. it then, which I should mention, of course, on 420 of this year, y'all. Spring of is our first booklet that's coming out of the Bonfire Sessions, and we're going to tell you what. Um, please hit us up in our group, on our page, or probably me. Don't don't hit Mike up because Mike's never on Facebook. But hit me up if you want to be a part of the launch team. And what we're going to look for is for maybe ten to fifteen people to do the following. We're going to give you a copy of the manuscript. You're going to read it. It's really short because they're booklets. It's like under ten thousand words, or about ten thousand words per booklet. You can read it in two weeks. We're going to give you two weeks, and you can read it. Look for typos. Please send any typos back to us, and we will adjust it before we send it off to Choir to be published. And it's going to come out on four twenty. What what? And we will give you a free. Um, a free copy. You're going to get the manuscript copy. And then afterwards, you'll get a PDF copy. Um, and we're going to ask that you, if you agree to this, which you should, don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> we're going to ask that you give us a review on Amazon when it launches on 420. Make a mention of 420 and you get bonus points. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's my spiel. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, good job. I, I endorse that. You endorse that? That's because if you sell books, you make money. And who doesn't like money? Right. I mean... Come on now. Everybody has to pay pay their mortgage. That's right. No, but first and foremost, it's because you you love to create content. And that's the the damn truth. Because I create a lot of shit that I don't get paid for. I just like to do it. This is one of them. Of course, we're going to make some money. But it's a passion project. We got jobs. This is what we want to do. So it's helpful. It's beneficial. So win, win, win. Yeah. Nothing wrong with the symbiotic relationship. That's right. Don't be a parasite. Shit. (laughs) 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 So um, I have a funny story for you. Well, I want to talk about this weekend. Uh, um, Mm -hmm. Well, it would have been... It would have been a weekend ago, not this last weekend, but a weekend ago for our listeners. For you and me, it's yesterday and the day before. Um, I was in I was in the Orange County for our first ever fifth live show, and it was um, it was really fun. It was uh, I felt like the crowd was had more energetic than the last one, so that was nice. Always good to have when you have a live crowd. You need some energy. It's a symbiotic relationship. If you're just, if they're just there to get something and they're just like sitting there quietly, you know how it is. It's a little tougher. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, it's like there's, there's no kind of halfway with the crowd. Like if it, if the crowd is super hyped up, you know, that, that gives you all the more energy, right. you know, and helps you. Right. But if they're just like silent, not even necessarily negative. Just, yeah. Indifferent. I mean, do you, do you find that that kind of takes away like quite does, a bit from your own performance? Yeah, and I would say it's like being an introvert. It when you go be social, it's not you can be social as an introvert. It just saps your energy a lot more. 
Like it takes a lot of energy to do that and you're mm-hmm. done quicker generally. Yeah. That's the common misconception. About it. Yeah. Some introverts don't like to be social, but some introverts do. I like to be social in certain contexts and for a certain period of time. And then I'm done because I'm zapped. That's how I kind of feel. It is when a crowd is indifferent, it takes a lot of your energy and you're zapped quicker. So you could put on a performance, you could do a show. And if they're pretty indifferent, you might get through the show. But you're definitely not going to want to talk to him afterwards because you're already you're drained. So your your performance may not go down, but you'll laugh. Yeah, but I think the performance is different when the crowd has energy. I think it's next level when they do have energy. You can still perform. You just have to be confident with your performance, regardless. But I think it's always better. You you always do. I think you always pretty much always do better when the crowd is into it. You stop thinking about it. You stop thinking about the crowd. You just you're just doing it. And when you just typically do, it's like when athletes get in the zone, as they say. You're just doing what you know how to do. You're not thinking about anything. And you're getting endorsed. Like, you don't, you know that they already like it. So. Yeah. So if you, you fuck up, you to, fuck up. You don't have to work so hard. No. no. You slip up real quick. It. You're just back right, yeah. right in it. And it's, yeah. no one's going to even notice because they're, they're hyped on it anyway. So, so that was, that was a, a big plus to this show. And, uh, especially since I, I played my second ever show. The first was a house show in Chico. And the second was, this was, I felt like a real show. So I played three songs and people liked oh, it. Right. So I was yeah. really stoked about it. <laughs> and I did pretty good. Like I watched the video back and I mean, I critique myself more than anyone. I wasn't in the pocket, so to speak all the time. So I kind of rushed sometimes. So I get a little ahead of the beat and my cadence would be a right. tiny bit off in like three places during three th- songs, which I need to clean up. But that, that's just my own mm-hmm. critique. But people didn't notice because they were kind of hyped on it. So they're like, oh, man, I loved it. It did great. So that was good. <clears throat> so we did that. We did the show. We talked about um, – what did we talk about? <laughs> we talked about like celeb- Christian, Christian celebrity worship. Talked about Kanye a little bit. So it was a good topic. The Q&A went well. <laughs> but the story I had was the coming back. Because it was, a, it was. A, I haven't even told you the story because I didn't want to give any spoiler alerts. Because it's so fucking ridiculous to me, <clears throat> and maybe others wouldn't find it ridiculous, but I found it fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been waiting for this, you know, on pins and needles. Yeah. Okay. So, you know how it's kind of. I, I get a little bit um, hyped up that Ralph of Choir is such a cool fucking dude <laughs> that he will buy me a flight to come down to these shows and it's amazing and you kind of it kind of builds your ego up like you sit around like oh shit i'm getting flown out to do a show you know i'm 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 actually you know what if you think about it i'm a rapper who gets flown out by his producer to go play in la (laughs) of course you say that kind of tongue-in-cheek but 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 there's like but there's still a little puffing up there's still that's cool as small as it is like it's fucking awesome this is what kanye west does now I get it. <laughs> I am the greatest. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, you do it sort of uh, obviously satirically, but you still, it still makes, it gives you confidence. Like you're like, oh, this is cool. Like this is fucking awesome, you know? But then I got to LA on the flight back and I flew on this airplane that instantly put the ego in check. <laughs> It was a company called Boutique Air. You ever heard of them? Yeah. You have? I have, actually. Are you fucking serious? Uh Uh-huh. I have no idea where from. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you. 
their their pitch i think their their like slogan is something to the effect of like um flying private for the price of commercial hmm. like okay cool and i knew i was getting on a small plane back and ralph and i were joking around and we're like oh you're flying on a private jet you gotta take a picture put it on your instagram like be a gangster mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but then i got to the airport so i go there's like one booth i check in my you know everything I check in with the lady, and she asks, well, what's your body weight, sir? And I was like, oh, shit, the plane's that small? (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) So I told her. But then she was like, are you checking out any bags? I was like, no. I just have my backpack in a bag. And she's like, can can I weigh these? I'm like, they're not more than, like, a couple pounds. Like, they're just clothes. I was like, it's that precise? Holy shit. Oh, my God, this is a real small plane. (laughs) And she's like, okay, uh, this is our boarding time. It's at 8.15. We're running about 15 minutes late. And you have to be at this place where they pick you up in a bus or a shuttle. She said a shuttle. And I was like, okay, so we're not just checking. We're not just, you know, getting on a ramp and getting on a plane. Okay, it's a small plane, whatever, a shuttle. I get there. There's no one at the gate. We wait 20, 30 minutes past the time it's supposed to board. Finally, someone comes up through the double doors. He's in like a vest. And he's like, all right, we're just, they call it, we're going to board or we're going to get in the van. I was like, okay, we're getting a fucking tiny ass little van. uh, Eight of us in this tiny van. And we start driving on the tarmac of LAX. All these big fucking planes are going around. We're just driving down this fucking street, (laughs) the street on the fucking runway shit. We get to the back, back, back of LAX. There's no lights on. It's like fucking storage. There's like these big storage containers and fucking... There's like a plane, all white, no markings. So are they building it? Are they renovating it? Like, what, I don't, all this kind of just shit. It's kind of like your um, your drunk drawer in your house or your fucking shed that you just end up... Like, you can get it all nice, but then you just end up throwing shit in there. Yeah. And a tiny motherfucking plane <laughs> in the dark with one prop on the front. Yeah. And oh I God. was like... God damn it. <laughs> and we pull up next to it and there's this large gentleman. He's the captain. He's sitting on this. There's like three or four steps going up into the plane. He's just sitting there like kind of slumped over. Like, you know, we all have bad posture. He's just kind of just relaxing, just waiting. Yeah. It would have only been better if he was smoking a cigarette and he threw mm-hmm. it down and stomped it out. That would have, that would have made this, that it, I wish that would, that would have made a better story. But that was pretty much the, the picture. You can imagine this guy just sitting there like smoking a cigarette. But he wasn't smoking a cigarette. But he kind of looked like he was. <laughs> and we sit in the van and they're like, okay, we're going to, lo- we're going to load the, the, the plane now. So we all just sit in there. They load up everyone who checked on luggage, which just went to the back of the plane. Wasn't even in a different compartment. It was just fucking in the back. <laughs> and then we finally get out of this. I was like stuck in the corner of the van. So I was the last to get off the van. The The pilot checks the boarding passes, <laughs> which is awesome. And then we get into this fucking little plane. And it's like a tiny coffin with eight people. Like a uh, Cessna? Like a... Uh... Is a Cessna... The Cessna is a one-person plane though, right? <clears throat> Well, this had seating for eight, mind you. Right, I, I think what a Cessna is what like a five. Is it five? Five seater max. Oh, okay, so a little bit bigger than that. But, I mean, that's basically the same. This thing. This tiny tube right. of death is yeah. what it was. It was 
You could stand up if you were a hobbit. I felt like Gandalf. Ooh! <laughs> Hitting his head on shit. Yeah. I was last to get on, so I got to sit in what I call the suicide seat, facing backwards, oh, knee, to, knee to knee with the person <laughs> in front of me, but behind me on the plane. My bag was between my legs. My backpack was in my lap. And so we all sit down. The pilot wedges his way up in. <laughs> and he's like, all right, we're going to go over the uh, emergency safety briefing. And he says, I shit you not. <laughs> oh, no, he first says, he first says, I want you guys to put on your harnesses. And no shit, you have to pull these harnesses over your shoulder. <clears throat> I was like, oh, fuck. Harnesses? Jesus Christ. This is not going to go well. Like in a race car, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're going to be barrel rolling. <laughs> and then he's like, we're going to go over the safety briefing. He's like, if you see smoke, there's a fire. And I can't do anything. So there's a fire extinguisher right here. <laughs> he points. He's like, just pull it out of there, pull the pin, blow it at the fire, and run like hell. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, where in the actual fuck are we running? I mean, the third person in the row is no further than you are right now, and there's only one behind him. Where the fuck am I running? Like that didn't make any sense to me. Run like hell. Maybe he's trying to make a joke. I have no fucking clue. And then he says, "I mean, run out the doors." I would. I guess if I we've crashed think. at that point, I was thinking if there's a fire while we're flying, where am I? We're gonna run. I mean, if we crashed, I don't give a fuck about a fire. I'm getting the fuck out. No, I'm probably dead. And then he's like, um, <laughs> he says. <laughs> This is a pressurized cabin. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and there's some uh, there's some oxygen masks in your compartment to the left. Just pull them out and put them on. But we're going to be flying at 8,000 feet, so we're not going to need them. I was like, 8,000 feet? Holy shit. <laughs> this thing don't go too high, does it? <clears throat> I think we got to 20 on one part during L.A., but at one point we were cruising at 8. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is different. And then he says, we have three exits. I was like, three exits on this thing? Oh, that's that's impressive. It's not very big. <clears throat> one's here, the main door. One's in the back. It automatically opens. Oh, no, you have to pull on it. And the one here, which was to my left, this one automatically opens. But don't don't use that. And I was like, <laughs> so it doesn't work? <laughs> like, Don't use that? So it's not going to automatically open? It just doesn't open? That's all he said. That's all he said. But don't use that. And it was, um, and then, and then, so he gets up into his seat and he's a big gentleman and he can't, can't really get into his seat. He has to pick up his own leg and like get it in <laughs> and he just like fits like a fucking Tetris piece. <laughs> just boom. <laughs> and uh, years of muscle memory, his body just oh, kind of totally. figured. Too. Yeah. And this was my stress. This is why I had a, a bit of a panic attack is <laughs> because in my head I was like, okay, when I fly... I know that there are two people up there. I trust the mechanics of the plane for the most part. Like, it's proven that I'm probably more likely to kill myself driving than pilots are, or planes are to crash. Like, I understand the math and I trust that. Do those studies actually include, like, smaller planes? No, like I don't, that? I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. That's a good question, and I'm glad I didn't think of that <laughs> before I got on board. <laughs> So but so I sort of trusted the plane. But I was like, okay. 
There's no co-pilot. There's a seat for him, but that's empty, because the company obviously can't afford two of these fuckers. And this dude is probably 100 pounds overweight. And he was a little older. And he was sweating. And it was like 45 degrees out. And he had beads of sweat on his head. Never a good sign. I was like, this motherfucker, unless he just did a bunch of kettlebells or burpees, which I'm doubting... He looks prime for he a heart should, attack. He should not be sweating right now. <laughs> Did he just eat some spicy Thai food? And, and that's what I was thinking. A heart attack or a stroke. I was like, I'm in the suicide seat facing backwards. I'm the closest. If this motherfucker slumps over, I'm not just going to sit here. That's all up to you. I'm going to go up there and fucking like... So I was watching this cunt <laughs> the whole time. Like I was backwards, so I was turned around. And I kind of got a crick in my neck today. And I was just seeing all the shit he had to do. The main shit. Landing gears, boom. The throttle. Little joystick. Like fucking putting in the altitude, it lowers you, and, and it's fucking... I mean, but this is all analog shit. This is old shit. <laughs> so I'm watching this dude. He's got... He had his GPS on a tablet on his lap. <laughs> I was looking down. I was like, is that a map? That looks like topography. He had nothing on the plane. There was some instrumentation, and I could tell one was like... An, um kind of like a compass and, and it was like pointing a direction I don't think it was GPS it wasn't specific enough for GPS and this motherfucker had the flight plan on his GPS and he was on a fucking that's what he was referring tablet, to tablet dude and I was like what, yeah. if, what if the Wi-Fi goes down like my tablets kind of they kind of crap out on me half the time you know? I'm sure he's connected to I know right? and I know he's talking to people I heard him talking right right no, but it's not confidence inspiring. No, it right. was not. And it was it was so fucking loud, dude. You should have heard this plane. It was just like this dude had bow he had nice headphones. He had Bose noise canceling headphones. I think the ones that I have for Heritage Happy Hour. But then they're, they're nice. Uh-huh. But this thing was so loud and then we hit the we got the um the landing gears, we go like this. Cocoon! And then there's like, and like noise, and but I'm like, oh my god, we're gonna fucking crash! Holy shit, dude! <laughs> scary. I was so fucking scared, dude. Was that? That's the smallest plane. Oh my god! Jeez. Yeah. Yes. Oh, eight people, and it was so like rickety and so trashy inside yeah. and kind of stunk. And it was like this thing was flying around in the 80s, wasn't it? And like has not been touched since then. I would be freaked out too. Like I'm I'm headed to Florida in a couple of days. Yeah. On, you know, like a 737 type jet and I'm I mean I I wouldn't say that I have a phobia of flying, but I do get I do get a little nervous. Yeah. Um mostly I I just hate the whole process of flying, but Oh, I yeah, I don't like the process on time and schedules and TSA and all this shit and you have to carry this and carry that and make sure you have everything. I hate that shit. But yeah, I mean I <laughs> I I would be you if not if not worse. <sighs> Dude. Like, like It was so fucking slow too. It normally takes 55 minutes about, I think, to fly from Sacramento to LA. On a jumbo jet? Yeah, on a regular, like, I think it took less than an hour. And this fucking flight, I had to go to Merced, which is kind of by the Bay Area, kind of south. 
It took an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> like, we were going slow as fuck. And I looked back after 20 minutes sitting backwards. I looked back and I could still see LA. After 20 minutes of flying, I was like, God damn it, that's that's the city right there. <laughs> like, why the fuck can I still see that? It's got to be a pretty cool view, though. It's Yeah, if I wasn't so stressed out, if I was confident in the whole process, it would have been kind of fun. Right, if you were focusing on that instead of the pilot. The fact that the pilot might have a stroke <laughs> at any minute, yeah. and he's the only one, and I'm going to have to save all these people. And the fact that this plane, I was like, Does, do they even service this plane? It was just literally when I got there, it was sitting in the dark. There's no lights out there. It was like in the storage area of LAX. Yeah. And then this plane, it wasn't even on. Just fucking sitting there with like the mm-hmm. dome light on. <laughs> It's like, ah, it was so weird. It was such a bizarre experience. It was very humbling, so that's what my point is. (laughs) I was giving Ralph shit today. I called him up, and I was like, at 9 in the morning. And I got home, like, I got home three hours late from when I I figured I'd be home. Because it was an hour and 40-minute flight. And then we had a layover in Merced. Who the fuck's had a layover in Merced? The terminal was an old portable from, like, high school. And it said, welcome to Las Vegas on the pamphlet thing. Okay. <laughs> so I just found this shit in the trash, put it up, and it was like, here's all the shit you could do in Merced. And it says, welcome to Vegas. And I just sit there for 30 minutes while the Golden Globes were on, but the cable was kind of out. So it was like, sketchy. I was like, this is so fucking weird. And then we just sat there, all of us, two people were, two, two or three people were done. And then five of us got back on to go to Sacramento on the same goddamn flight. Like, why do we take a 30-minute break? This motherfucker need to, like, eat or smoke? Like, are we serious? I had this... to pee or something. Yeah, yeah, for 30 minutes? Why can't we just drop these fuckers off and get the fuck out of here? Wouldn't it have been faster if you just drove from Merced? <laughs> like, how Yeah, far... I, w- I was honestly, at when, I, when I was in my panickiest, <laughs> which was, like, 20 minutes into the first flight, I was like, you know, I bet I can get... I could stay in Merced or get an Uber to a hotel and then get a rental car and then drive to Sacramento the next day and just fucking drive and drop it off at the rental car place at the airport and drive home. I honestly thought that. I was like, I'm not getting on the fucking plane again to go again. So then I calmed down and by the time I landed, I was like, fuck it. It's only a 40 minute flight from Merced to Sacramento. 40. I think it's like an hour drive. <laughs> no shit. I think it's about an hour drive. So considering all the time that you had to wait, you could have just driven. Yeah. Like if that. I had a car there, my, my car was in Sacramento. Yeah. But no shit. I think it's about a 20-minute quicker flight than drive. I'd have to look that up on MapQuest. But it's not much. Not not worth it. No. Like, no, it's not much difference. Not for a person like me. No. So we got into Sacramento. I finally I got home at like two something. I got to bed by two forty five last night. Damn. My flight my flight from L A. If it was a normal flight, it was at eight forty. It would have landed at nine, maybe let's just say ten by the time I get out the door. Like hour and a half drive. I'd been home by eleven thirty, but it was about three hours later that I finally got in and got to bed. And I was like, this cunty airline. They don't give a fuck, do they? Like how. Ralph was like, it was the cheapest. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> right, but, I mean, other than, like, the stupid Merced layover, I mean, just all the logistics were kind of lame. But, 
I mean, did you, other than sweating a lot, did the pilot do anything to, like, affect your confidence? No, actually, I I became pretty confident in the old bastard because I bet, I was thinking, like, and I was thinking about this, too. He did, I mean... It was a, it was actually a smooth flight. Like it was really smooth. Mm-hmm. We had a couple bumps, but and it was to be expected. You felt bumps most of the time because it's just a small plane. And then every now and then it'd be like boom, boom, boom. And he didn't look concerned. And it was smooth. Like the landing was really smooth. Um, the takeoff was really smooth. And and I'm sure he was good at what he did. It was just like the jankiest setup ever. That was. It was like this is so bootsy, man. I mean, it's just such a ghetto setup. And maybe the pilot's really, really good because he has to be because it's like, this is old school, man. This is not, um, I had to turn down this brightness. Lining. Like, I, I didn't, there was no way he was going to fall asleep. He was always checking shit and pushing buttons and levers and like mm-hmm. fucking all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like he was wearing me out. So he, he was obviously engaged. I just didn't trust the fact that he, he looked like not like a healthy person and he was older. And so that got to me. Because I was like, this motherfucker could literally have a stroke at any point. I have no idea his health situation. I'm just judging based on what I'm looking at. He doesn't look like a dude who's like, you know, fucking taking jujitsu classes and running half marathons and fucking, he's got like, oh yeah, check out my kettlebells. (laughs) But worst case scenario, like, you know, generally how to fly a plane, right? (laughs) That was the scary part, dude. I don't... Well, I mean, you know that you have to pull back on the stick to, you know, go up, right? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I figured that out. And, you know, by just playing around with buttons, you, you could figure out throttle and uh, landing gear. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured out the fucking, um, uh, I figured out the throttle, I figured out the turning, and I figured out the landing gear. And I was watching, because I was watching for that specific stuff. All right, I know I got to throttle go. back or throttle in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I know where the landing gear is. And I was like, but I was watching that just in case I had to be the motherfucker who had to be the hero. Like fucking, like Joseph Campbell, like the hero's journey. <laughs> I would be, I, I would be more scared if that happened in like a commercial airliner. I mean, yeah, I guess so. You wouldn't know what's going on. I think the yes. scary part was just watching what's going on like this shit is just seems sketchy like one dude who might know what he's doing i'm sure he did he obviously did and you're you're ten thousand, fifteen thousand feet up in the air well eight as he told us okay (laughs) eight thousand (laughs) right i don't know if that's the scariest thing that ever happened to me but i figured like you know if i have to do something like this is gonna be some scary shit i don't know if this I don't know if it's the scariest thing that's ever happened to me, but it's the most recent, so. <laughs> but I think you had some scarier shit that happened to you, like real scary shit in life. So I thought it'd be fun to talk about what's your, what's the scariest thing that's ever happened to you? I don't, okay, so this, I don't know if it was the most viscerally scary. Yeah. Uh, like falling over a waterfall or being attacked by a mountain lion or something like that. <laughs> but uh, it was just spread over like a good day. Um, so the, the story is um, it was Easter Sunday and we were uh, 
dirt biking with mm-hmm. uh, Sperry's family. Mm-hmm. Um, back behind, you know, the, the forest uh, of Salmo Peak. Um, yeah. Up in that direction. Out in the woods, man. Yeah, uh, the, that's one of the main points is that we were way out in the woods. Yeah. Um, just all by our lonesome. Right. Um, so, uh, I don't know how relevant this is to the story. Probably a little bit, if I'm honest, but... You know, we like to take breaks and, you know, we'll have, you know, a couple of sips of whiskey, whatever, just to, in some way, I think it's safer because it loosens you up. Yeah. And that's what you want to be. Yeah. But obviously you can go overboard. Sure. That makes it much worse. Totally. (laughs) So I don't know exactly where I was on that scale, but it happened right after we had a break and... I was just putting around, you know, dicking around on the hills. Um, And then uh, a rut caught my uh, back tire. Yeah. It, you know, sent me in a Superman uh, over my uh, handlebars. You know, a belly flop on the dirt. Just on the dirt without the bike. Like the bike was left behind and you just fucking flew off. Yeah, it was. I'm flying, bitch. No, it wasn't very far behind me, but it didn't. Yeah. It didn't run over over me or anything like that. But at first, I thought it just knocked the wind out of me. But yeah, it uh, it took. I just couldn't catch my breath. And <laughs> after a while, my brother-in-law was actually kind of getting irritated. Like, come on, we got to get going. Like, it's getting dark. He's getting annoyed with you. Just a little bit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So I tried, you know, riding for a couple miles, but I just couldn't do it. Um, you know, any little jolt and just intense pain. Yeah. Um, so eventually I said, you guys are going to have to go pick me up in a truck or something because I, I just physically, physically can't ride back. Yeah. And probably the scariest moment was um, <laughs> it was just me and Sperry, my wife, out there alone. It was getting dark, a little cloudy outside, yeah. and I had to go to the bathroom, and I started pissing blood. Oh, and shit. anytime you look down, and you're pissing blood. Dude. Like that was, that's the first time it's ever happened to me. And that's fucking gnarly. You know something isn't right if you're doing that. Totally. <laughs> but we were, we were out there for maybe two hours before they picked us up, and the ride back in the truck was hardly any better than, you know, riding on a dirt bike. Just yeah. pain all the way, and I was just counting the minutes you know, towards, to when I could, you know, get pain meds. Yeah. That's, that was really just my shining star. <laughs> yeah. Was the truck on the way to the hospital? Like, you know, you're going to the hospital. Yeah. They're like, no, yeah, we're obviously, yeah, we're not going home. Right. But we went to Feather River and they don't take trauma patients. So I had to take an ambulance down to, um, Inlow. Yeah. Go. Like 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. 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 yeah something like that. Ish. Yeah, ish. Um, so, and then they they had to tear off my favorite sweatshirt. In the was hospital. it was it a nice hoodie? Nice, yeah, nice one. It was my favorite. They cut it off with the scissors. I was like, come on, I, you, you can take a couple seconds to pull it off of my head. <laughs> no, no, no zipper. It's just a pullover hoodie. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. That sucks. <laughs> the fucking hoodie, man. And then you know they had to. They jammed a tube up my willy, so... Um, oh, man, I've never had that. Worst, worst thing ever. What was it? What is it called? The, um... A catheter? Catheter. Yeah. My wife's done a lot of those. 
being a nurse. It's embarrassing. It's really uncomfortable. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't imagine that is fun in any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if, if they should, you know, give you the Dilaudid before they do that. Oh, you had no pain meds for the, they no. just shove shit up there. They did that to me like, sober. Give me your dick. Like, let's shove some shit up there. <laughs> oh my God. Fuck that. <clears throat> so that was pretty, that was the most intense, you know, scary part of it. And then just after that, it took a good couple days to a week to get the pain management figured out. Yeah. Um, Why are we in so much pain though? Well, I pretty much messed up my entire insides. Like I lacerated everything, like my liver, my spleen. Oh Jesus! I I uh, broke my collarbone. Um, that's that's probably painful. Yeah, any kind of any kind of gut pain. Just, I mean, you yeah, know. yeah. I feel like a uh, broken bone is one thing. Internal pain is another. Like I've never experienced internal pain, but I feel like that'd be more scary. Like, if you fuck your collarbone up, you're like, okay, my collarbone's broke. Okay, yeah, I expect this to be painful. But your collarbone isn't, like, a vital organ. Right, 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 right. <laughs> like, if it's exactly. your insides, like, yeah, maybe something really... Yeah. Something that's really important might be... <laughs> this is not... Not functioning. Not functioning so well. Yeah, so you had a lacerated spleen, a lacerated liver. How the fuck do they fix that shit? It just heals on its own, or what? You had to be in the hospital for a while? Yeah, I was in and out for two weeks. Oh, damn. Like, one one of the times was because I couldn't pee again. So they had to recatheterize me. Oh, they had to redo it? Like, you could, did you have, did you feel like you have to pee? I felt like I couldn't pee, but I, I just couldn't. Oh, so you had to be like, oh, I got to pee, but I can't? Yeah. Oh, damn. So, yeah, your bladder is filling up with fluid. Oh, but you can't. And and the second the other time I went back is because I, I I had a I developed a blood clot in my lungs. Oh shit! Oh for real? Yeah. How the fuck did so, they get rid of that? Uh, Medicine? Some shit like it? that. I've been in the hospital twice for that for a blood clot, and I I think they just gave me medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The first time I had a blood clot in my leg, and they they go in there surgery. Yeah. Um, Damn. But no, for this time, I, I think they just gave me um, blood, blood thinners or. Oh. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, that's next level scary. That's scary. That, that was. No, I guess that was another intense, scary moment. Yeah, totally. That's way scarier that's than my right. flight. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, I was laying in bed, and at, yeah, every other breath was. Super painful, and I was I was just whimpering, yeah. and like after half an hour, like, like a bitch, dude, go to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I didn't want to go to the hospital again. Right, I was right, trying right. to do anything I could do not to go back. But. Sure. <sighs> Damn, I, I've never had that like internal like my body's fucked up and it's not going to work anymore. That's next level, dude. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I thought. For some reason, like you might. Well, I've had like, you know, I'm worried about this disease I have and this and that. and But not not acutely, more chronically. Sure. Acute is that scary. Right. Yeah, uh, Yeah. you've never been in a car wreck. Or no, like no, just fender bumper. 
fender fender bimpers. That's not a word, right? It's not it's <laughs> fender benders. Fender bimpers. <laughs> fender <bimpers>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never had an acute. The only acute injury I've had is um, peripheral, broken hands, broken feet. Yeah. Blah blah blah. I just broke my foot the other day again. <laughs> But it's like, well, okay. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh. No, I mean, I mean you know, my toe is it's already ugly. <laughs> like, if I re-break it, yeah, it just fucking sucks. <laughs> but whatever. Give me a couple of weeks, I'll be fine. No, I've never had that sort of, like... I've, um... Well, I'll tell you this. I don't want to take your thunder. I have, um... Cummed? Is cummed the right word? <laughs> I came... I came blood... Yeah, and I think it was from I had a vasectomy, um, and I was riding a bike a lot, and then I started coming blood. It was pink. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I won't tell you how my wife found out when. <laughs> we can use our imagination. <laughs> and that was kind of scary, but at the same time, like I wasn't in acute pain. Like it was like, okay, this is right from this, and. I went and saw the doctor. He was like, yeah, this is just whatever. You're fine. And it went away right away. But I've never been in a situation where it's like, oh, my spleen is broken. My liver's broken. I can't piss. And I have to piss. That's daunting. That's existentially scary. It seems like it would be. Like, oh, shit, I might die from this. Damn. That's scary. Yeah, it's a totally new, different kind of experience than that. Yeah. Like, did you learn anything from it? As they would say, but did you die? <laughs> no, you didn't. But I learned to be grateful for your health. Mm. There you go. Be grateful for the days where you just feel really good. There you go. There's always something to learn from it. That's scary as fuck, though. And it's just on a, how many how many times you ridden ridden. I mean, you're like an avid dirt biker. Um, like, you know what the fuck you're doing. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I've been not riding every weekend, but I've been riding since I was 15. Yeah. Like, and you're 40 now. So, so, this is more than half your life. Right. I, I just want to, yeah. I'm guessing, I want to say it was just a, you know, a freak accident. Yeah. That's what's scary, man. It. No, that is, yeah, like, I wasn't, that's the scary part. I wasn't intending to get hurt. Like, <laughs> right. no, nobody intends to, you know, get in car crashes no. or something like that. And you weren't trying to do anything that's crazy, like, oh, I'm going to do this backflip, or I'm going to do this crazy shit over this jump. It was just... And I, I really want to say I wasn't, I wasn't that drunk. <laughs> but, you know, drunk people aren't the best judgment of how they are. <laughs> Right. No, I think you could be completely sober and still fuck up. Like, it, it, it's still, you know. Yeah, that's scary, man. That's way scarier than my story. I love the way you tell it in our booklet. So, for those listening, buy the fucking booklets. Buy them. They're great. Give us money, please. Give us money, bitches. <laughs> no, that's scary. That's scary. I, I don't think I've ever been to the point where... I mean, when I when I didn't know what my refractory celiac meant, I, I was scared. But I felt okay, like it was a new normal. Mm -hmm. Again, it's not acute, it's more chronic. I've never had an acute, oh, this is the end. 
I've been to the hospital. One time I went to the hospital because I had the flu or some sort of stomach virus that I couldn't, you know, I kept puking and shitting <laughs> or I couldn't retain fluid. But yeah. that was done pretty quick. Like, I, I went and got fluids. I was good, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You, you were never forced to face your own mortality. No, 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 no. I only, I've only faced it in the abstract. You know what I mean? Like you faced it in the right now. Like the, uh, I didn't tell, uh, mention it, but the, the surgeon told my wife, you know, be prepared. Like I see people die from this every day. So. Oh my god. <laughs> do you do you remember what? what your wife thought? Did you have any feedback on what she was going through? Was because I mean, let's just be real. Like facing your own mortality in, in the real is different than facing someone else's re, re uh, yeah. mortality in the abstract is different. It's like, it's like the difference between fight and flight and like dread. You know what I mean? Which I'm not sure which one is worse. Right. I'm not sure which I would rather be. Right. Honestly. Do you remember what she uh she processed? Was just like uh she didn't she didn't tell me much more than, you know, saying, "Oh, okay." Uh just kind of <laughs> being in shock. I think she was just in shock. In shock, yeah. 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 Um but I think it became evident that or at least I wasn't going to die immediately. Right? Like after that first night well, I guess I don't know the statistics on that kind of accident. Right. But, like, let's say in the next couple of days when sure. it became apparent that I wasn't sure. going to die immediately. Sure. I'm sure she calmed down. Right. That's still scary. It's like yeah. when we talked about the, the campfire when you were r rushing out of your house and your 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 home. <laughs> uh, in in a, in a state of fight or flight, different than when I was like twenty minutes away and waiting to hear back from the people I I care about leaving. It's like mm. you had a fight or flight response. Yeah, that my kinda... parents had a fight or flight response. I had the dread of waiting. I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying one is easier. I'm just saying it's different. Like the dread of waiting to hear whether someone's okay is different than well, in the moment. It's the difference between pain and suffering, right? Uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, yeah. that's how I would define suffering is sure. it's more of a long-term, possibly existential uh, yeah. kind of pain. Sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know what I'd rather have. Yeah, neither do I. I don't know. Theor theoretically, I feel like I could. Un I, c I feel like I could take on the the pain of extreme pain personally better than I could take on the dread of this person I care about and love might pass on. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm just theorizing. Like I I, I don't know. Could I could I handle my own demise, or my own obvious de demise, better than I could handle if I got the news that oh your wife has metastatic cancer and she has two months to live and the dread of what that's like? 
I don't I don't know what's easier to take on. I'm not saying one's better. They're both shitty. <laughs> like obviously, right? Apples and oranges, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've only I've only got the news that like my grandmother I watched her die and she had metastatic cancer. I only know what that's like, and that was one thing. And I don't know. I don't know. It's just theoretical, you know? Mm. If someone told me, hey, Matt, you got, like, two months to live, or, Matt, your wife has two months to live, I honestly think, like, I, I don't know. I'm not taking away from your story. I, oh, think, I, can, I think I can handle the personal... Mm-hmm. better than hey your wife or your daughter or your mother or whatever has x amount of time to you know what i mean does that make sense uh for sure i it, i and i think i yeah if i had to choose i would rather choose my own pain sure even though i mean it's painful and right that's why you try to avoid it. Totally. It sucks. Totally. Totally. <laughs> but if I had suck. to choose. <laughs> yeah. Life is, oh man. Either way, life is tough, man. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, what with my Eastern tendencies. Like, I don't know how much I want to say that's part of the balance of life. Like, I don't know mm. if I even want to say that. Mm. Like, you need this intense pain to, like, appreciate, Mm. you know, the opposite end. Like, you should, like I like to say, I don't think you have to put those high stakes on on life in order to, you know, appreciate it or whatever. Sure. Well, that's just my thought. But to some degree, maybe? Right. I mean, I I think, (laughs) like, I think boredom is good. I, I think... Well, I don't think being bored is good, but I think that not always being jacked up on life, you should be able to, that's, I think that's a part of life. Mm. I I think one of the hardest things to do is to learn to appreciate, you know, peace and quiet. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Getting into the sensation of being at peace Mm. and appreciating it. Yeah. Uh, And yeah. If you if you don't know how to appreciate that, then you're bored, which isn't good. Mm. I, I think we need to grow out of being bored. Mm. We're we're in such a culture that we need something new to be jacked on. Entertainment, yeah. Entertainment. Hollywood. I don't. Yeah, the. I mean, I don't. I don't want to scapegoat Hollywood, but that sort of mindset. Right, that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, just, I, that was the first thing that came to mind. No, I feel what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was low hanging fruit, <laughs> which we all gravitate toward. No, I. I feel what you're saying. Like, it's why we like. The movies and the shows that have a bunch of action, a bunch of this and that, we can. We don't like the stories we have to sit through. We don't like the um, the, the things we have to follow along with. The and slow build. The slow build. Like we want the. I mean, I mean, like, let me use an analogy. We want to come real quick, but we don't. <laughs> I say that as a joke, but at the same time, as reality, like. We don't want to just enjoy the sensation for what it is. We want to get to the climax. That's what tantric sex is all about, right? 
Just getting in the act. Yeah. Enjoying the each individual sensation. Right. What about that, man? I mean, like, what about the uh, the tantric type of reality mm. where we enjoy, we, uh, we are okay, we are infatuated with the non-climaxal, in, uh, you know, parts of life. Parts of sex, parts of day to day, parts of whatever. You know, take it out of the sexual, like that's the analogy, but whatever. Like, are we okay with, are we okay with sex for the sake of sex? Take the climax out of this, the equation. Yeah, if you didn't climax, is it, would you still do it? Would you still want to do it? Yeah, that's the question. I mean, eventually you're going to climax, so... <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, I mean, it'll just make it all that much more better. Yeah. For the next time. Right. <laughs> Are we just looking for the climax? Are we looking for the crescendo? Like in a song, like, let's take a song. Are we looking for the crescendo? Are we looking for the huge punchline? Are we hanging on every word before the punchline? Like in a hip-hop song. I do hip-hop, you know? Yeah, we do for the punchlines, we hit the crescendos and all that shit. But let's let the build-up happen. Let's let it just sit for a second. What's the flow of life? What's the flow of sex? What's the flow of anything? Are we doing it for the sake of that experience? Are we looking forward whatever might be the climax i think i i think the the sign of a good story is that you are hanging on every moment yeah it's enjoyable in some sort of way for the sake of that moment yes right like i mean whatever analogy you want to use but like the rhythm was right yeah uh, (laughs) yeah whatever uh the hallmarks of, you know, making a great art would be. Yeah. Yeah. Genre you're talking about. That's where I think our culture misses the point. Like, if you want to use the sex analogy, I think we're all just so fixated on the climax. Am I going to come to be crass? (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. But rather enjoy the rhythm of the moment before that happens. Don't worry about the end. Enjoy the moment you're in. Enjoy the present. Maybe, uh, like, maybe put it in context. Like, maybe you enjoy it now because you know you're going to climax eventually. But um, sure. I, even still, I think you should you should be able to appreciate it on its own, mm-hmm. like without a context. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, both. Both. No reason why you can't do both. Not exactly. But, but if nothing else, yeah, the point is, without context, you need to learn how to do that. Yeah. So I think the takeaway is that no matter what's going on in life, just be present and enjoy this moment right now. Regardless of what happens in the future, what happened in the past, I'm sure your story... I don't know how you can enjoy what you went through. In the present. But I bet there's a silver lining to where you can at least appreciate life as such, even when you're suffering. I don't know. I don't know how you appreciate it when you're suffering. I don't know. I never suffered. Well, because that's not the time for it. That's not what that moment is for. Sure. 
like the the enjoyment of it of just being able to tell the story like right now sure that was for this moment I, yeah there's no reason why i should have um i mean that that wasn't what that moment was about yeah i mean maybe that moment was for i don't really know what um yeah for, i bet <laughs> just being intensely alive <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah maybe i'm and not sure nothing else i was definitely in the moment yeah like, <laughs> yeah I feel like this is the weird paradox, and I don't want to get, like, too analytical, but the most I've suffered, like, when I broke my hand in a hockey game, I, I wasn't existentially worried, but I was very present. I was very present on the fact that my hand doesn't work, and I'm trying to play this hockey game, and I, I got to look, and I'm like, okay, I can't play the rest of this game. And it it brings you to the present. So, does suffering bring you to the present moment? I'm not saying in a good or a bad way. It's probably mostly terrible. <laughs> like, yeah, I couldn't use my hand. I couldn't play the rest. I, I, I broke my hand at the end of the first half. I couldn't play the the second half because my hand wouldn't work. But did it? Is there a silver lining? Well, the silver lining might be that I was very present in this moment. Now, was it uncomfortable? Sure. Was it existentially uncomfortable? No. Yeah. Shit's going to heal. This is a peripheral <laughs> sort of deal. Like, <laughs> And it was a moment where, you know, labels went away. Yeah. Like, I mean, you had... Were you always labeling it as pain? No, I mean, you were just feeling the pain. Sure. Like, you're not really thinking con conceptually at yeah. in that moment. You're just... Yeah. So, I mean, good or bad, I mean, sorry to sound like a cliche, but labels. Yeah, I think labels become such a hindrance to actual experience, man. I mean, for the real, like, I think we get too caught up in what we label as this and that. Instead of just experiencing. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. You know what I mean? Like, I think we get caught up in the labels. What is good and bad? What is suffering? What is this and that? Like, yeah, is pain suffering? It can be. Is all pain suffering? I don't. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. I broke my toe last night. Like I I broke it like four times. I broke it originally on fucking doing jujitsu. Did it have to be suffering? I don't, I don't know. It hurt. Did I have to suffer? Did I have to pine on it? No, I could go about my night without whatever. This is whatever. I, does it have to be suffering? It doesn't have to be. I don't know. As long as you learn from the suffering? Yeah, maybe. I mean, even if... Watch you... out for that door. <laughs> don't be so flippant. <laughs> right, or, you know... You weren't a very good Buddhist. No, I wasn't. Um, I walked out of my daughter's room after playing a couple songs, and I slammed my toe on a fucking door. <laughs> was I being Buddhist? Was I in the moment? No. Did I learn from something? Yes. Be more present. Don't flop your fucking feet around like a fucking idiot. Don't be in such a rush. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Can you learn from something from flipping your dirt bike i don't know maybe that's up to you to decide i think 
for me, the greatest takeaway take would be, uh, I mean, so what if you didn't perform very well in the past? Like, if you weren't, you know, spiritually enlightened in any specific moment. As long as, as long as you learn from it and your present moment is, as long as you learn from it and you can apply it to how you should live the present moment. That, mm. That's all that really matters. Yeah. Anything yeah. else is just conceptualized. Peripheral. Yeah. That's tough for any of us. We get so caught up in concepts and this and that. After knowing you for this happened in when? 2014? Yeah. April. April 420. April. God bless 420. (laughs) (laughs) This is almost six years later. Like, did you learn something? I'm sure you did. I mean, I'm still human, but I feel like I've grown. Yeah. You know. I know you have. I mean, the, the great thing is, is that even if I didn't learn from it now, like, It'll always be there to learn from, and, you know, maybe in four more years, I will have, you know, learned that there all is to, all there is to learn from that moment. But it never goes away. I mean, that's why I love just the idea of being an eternal being, that I can, I can take it slow. Like, it doesn't, we don't have to be in such a damn rush to... Okay. To learn. I like that. I mean, I don't think you can truly learn if you're rushed. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you didn't learn anything from the time that's 2014, from the time you had a crash, to now, it doesn't mean you can't learn anything It doesn't moving have to be, forward. It, it means it, it doesn't have to be a waste. It, it it never has to be a waste. Yes. I mean, you're always going to be able to okay. go back and yeah. to learn and learn from it. It's that's not a call to laziness. It's just No, of course it's not. It's a call to just calm the hell down like Yeah, just just slow the fuck down. And yeah, anything we've done like <laughs> even the shittiest things we've done. If you haven't learned anything to this point, you can still, you're here now. You're here in the present. Go learn something from this point forward. The past doesn't mean anything unless you want to learn from it. That's the takeaway. I think that's that's how I interpret, you know, God works everything to the good. Right. If you miss the point, okay, you miss the, you miss the moment. This time. Me this time, right? Yeah. Exactly. Okay, you could have learned something in 2017, in 2018, in 2019. You could have learned something. It doesn't mean you can't learn something now from the from the past, right? You might have missed that moment. That's okay. Go build on that. Move forward from this point right now where you are in this present moment. And go fucking do your shit. And yeah. do all your shit with all the baggage you you brought. Could I have drank less? I don't may yeah, sure. Could I have not hit that rut? Mm-hmm. Sure. 
<laughs> could you have not kicked that door last night? Yeah, I could have been way. I could have been way more present. Of course, did I kick it? Sure. Was I Buddhist at that moment? No. I was thinking about the next thing, and I kicked my toe, and I was like, "Fuck my life! <laughs> my foot is killing me." Learn something from that moment now. Yeah. Did you miss a moment? Sure. Have you broken your toe five times, six times? Yes. <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Can you learn something now? Yes. Go fucking learn from it. That's the point. The yeah. the, the thing you did five years ago, if you missed the learning moment... You didn't miss it eternally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Did you miss it in 2017? Maybe. Did you miss it in 2019? Maybe. Is it here presently? Yes. So, you're good. You're good. You're <laughs> fucking good, man. You're fucking good. That's that's it. This is why I posted something today on Facebook um, about the free world... The free will defense for hell. And I was like, yo. Did these piss, did these people miss the chance to choose freely to go to heaven? In the moment? Maybe. Is it still there? Yes. That's the paradox. Mm-hmm. Is it always there? Yes. And I, I don't see... I don't... I have enough faith in God. I don't think... I think... His creation isn't stupid enough to forever, no, you know, no, to forever not learn. Like, exactly, exactly. If, I mean, if he created us in that way, that's just that's only a mark against him. It's not against us. Yeah. If he was such a crappy creator that <laughs> we never learned from anything, right? Did you miss the moment? Maybe. Is the next moment still present? I would say yes. It's always present. When is it not now? It's always now. Did you fuck up in the past? Yes. Did you miss your moment? Yes. Is it still here? Paradoxically? Yes. Yes. Exactly. Did you learn something it's from... forever... Yeah. yeah. Did it's... you... Sorry. No, did you learn something from your crash? Uh, yeah, did I learn everything that there is to learn? Probably not. No! <laughs> Can you learn more? Yeah. I'm exactly. Sure. <laughs> exactly. That's the beauty of it. That moment is still that here. That moment is still here. It's always here. The moment, quote unquote, the quote unquote moment is always fucking here. What are you going to do now? What the fuck are you going to do now? You can do something? No. And if you fuck up and you say it's not it's not here. And you wait for two, three, four, five years. In five years, is it still here and you're still here? Yes. Does that mean be lazy and apathetic and... No. But it's still here. The present moment is always here. It's always here. And the present moment is all that matters. That's all that... That's the only thing we have, isn't it? I'm pretty sure I feel it in my bones. Like, What matters 
other than right now and right here, crickets. <laughs> you can't answer that because because it's only right here. That's oh, the only it's not because I'm super drunk and I just can't think. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> both. Could be both. Yeah, it could be both. <laughs> but is it right here? Yes, yes, it's right here. All the shit I've written, all the shit we've talked about on the show, all the shit we've done on Heretic Happier, all the shit we've done on the Bonfire Sessions, all the books I've written, what really matters other than right here? Does that matter? Yeah, to some degree, maybe. I mean, I don't know. You know, the the past affects the present moment in so many different ways. I mean, sure. and on so many different levels. Even if, sure. Even, even if it's not on a conscious level, it's affecting you in some way. Yes, of course. Or, but you still, have the, you still have the ability in the present moment to say, no matter what you've been going through, in this present moment, can I say, my dad fucked me up? Yeah, of course. I don't have a dad. I don't have one. Can I say, fuck that shit? I'm still going to be in this present moment and be a good dad? Yes. You still, it's a paradox. Does, does the shit that my dad did to me matter? Yes. Do I have the ability to, to move on from this present moment in spite of that? Yes. You crashed your bike. You're still a fucking good dirt biker. You're still fucking like, you still know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> you still know what the fuck you're doing, man. It wasn't an eternal demerit. No! You still know what you're doing, dude. If you took me out on a, on a and we're still going to do this, we're going to go out on a dirt bike ride. You're going to take my stupid, ignorant fucking ass out on there and still be like, all right, Mike. <laughs> Lead me on this expedition. <laughs> Let's do this. I'm still going to trust you. Did you fuck up? Yes. Are you going to fuck up in the future? Possibly. Do I trust you? Sure. Because shit happens. You know what I mean? Can you move on from this present moment? Yeah, I know what the fuck you're doing. Did you learn from something? Probably. I think he did. Can he still fuck up? Sure. That's life. Yeah, I mean, even so, we should, yeah, we shouldn't be so timid that, you know, the possibility of getting hurt, you know, prevents us from doing anything. Like, yeah, even even somebody that knows a lot more than me that's more proficient, he's still going to, there's still the possibility that something's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. When I had a kid, I thought, Am I going to bring some of my dad's baggage into this? Possibly. Am I still going to do it? Yes. <laughs> if I trusted you on... I've never ridden a dirt bike in my fucking life. And I'm probably shitty. Would I trust you to tell me what... Yeah. Did you fuck up? Yes. I mean, Is I, there a chance I could fuck up? Yes. I mean, I Let's know... Let's do this. I know where the throttle is. <laughs> I know how to shift the bike. Yep. I mean, and you've ridden you've ridden a bike before. No. Uh, <laughs> no, like a you've ridden a, a bicycle. bicycle. Yes, yeah. I've ridden a bicycle. I'm adept. So you have some sort of idea. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Could I crash? Maybe. And if you're riding a bike at all, yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> you're pro- you're going to crash. That's mm-hmm. why you wear a helmet and sure. Uh, knee and elbow guards. <laughs> like, <laughs> can I still fuck up? If you told me no, I wouldn't trust you. If you told me yes, which you would, I'd say okay. Let's do this. I know the risk. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I could tell you, you know, don't be stupid. You know, I'm pretty sure you're not going to make this jump. You know, <laughs> at your skill level, like, eh. which would be every jump. <laughs> Yeah, this hill climb probably isn't for you. <laughs> I'll walk my shit up to the top. <laughs> I know I got the cardio to get up this hill yeah, to walk. Yeah, it. yeah, maybe, maybe you're better off just pushing the bike up. You can do that. Yeah, I can do that. I'm, I'm in good shape. <laughs> yeah, but the point being is life is a fucking risk. You're gonna, you're gonna fuck up. But it's not the ultimate risk. It's not the ultimate risk. Exactly. Exactly. You're good. At the end of the day, you're fucking good. Everybody dies. You gotta get over that. Everyone dies. And if you don't die forever, it's only because there's some sort of gracious god who who sustains your life beyond this life. For sure. At the end of the day, grace matters. So, go fucking live your life, man. Go fucking live your life. That sounds like something to sign off on. Mm, Mike, I, I, ra- I raise my glass to you. What the fuck is my phone doing? It's trying to update. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I love you. I appreciate you. Right back at you. God bless you. Peace out, bitches.